Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. He'll come back for two. And Australia win the World Cup for the sixth time. And in front of 120,000 people, they've upstaged the home team in magnificent fashion. And the party begins. Welcome to the Unplayable Podcast. Very special edition. Australia have won the World Cup. Can you believe it? They've beaten India by six wickets in a resounding victory here today at Narendra Modi Stadium. My name is Josh Shonafinger. I'm joined, of course, by Louis Cameron. We both experienced a pretty incredible result today, Lou. I can't believe I'm here, Josh. Look, I'll, I'll come clean. I didn't think the Aussies would win this tournament. I'm not sure if they could win this tournament up until what maybe about the time Pat Cummins got Virat Kohli out and I thought, yeah, maybe they're a chance. And then when Head and Manus broke the back of that partnership or the, the run chase, I was like, right, they're going to win the World Cup. This team that lost their first two games are going to beat India on their home turf who haven't looked like winning all tournament. Um, It's crazy. We'll try to put it into context. We probably won't quite do it justice, but... Um, why don't we do our best, Josh? We'll give it our best shot. Pat Cummins uh, surprised a few at the toss today when he mm. chose to bowl first uh, in pretty hot conditions here in Ahmedabad, as it always generally is. Uh, and they got off to a flying start in the uh, Royal Sharma was particularly impressive in the power play. But uh, it was an early wicket as Shubman Gill fell to Mitch Stark. And then we just thought, well, maybe if Gill can go cheaply, maybe the rest can as well. And while they didn't all fall cheaply, Rowett got 47 and Coley got 54, uh, they were, you know, regular wickets for Australia, which we haven't seen against India for the whole tournament. Uh, Travis Head took a spectacular catch Mm. to dismiss the Indian captain, and we'll talk about that, I'm sure, at length. But it was a stifling performance from the Aussie bowlers. Stark got three for 55. Cummins didn't concede a boundary, two for 34 from his 10. And Adam Zampa was very good again, one for 44 from his 10. In the end, they were all out off the last ball of the innings for 240, and we thought, gee, maybe it's about 50-50 game. Not quite sure which way it was going to go. And when Shami and Boomer got that new ball talking. Australia fell to uh, three for 47, and we thought, oh, you know, things could go either way here. But Travis Head, 137, combined with Manus Labashain, a very patient 58, not out for a 192 run partnership, got them home with seven overs to spare, can you believe? And in the end, it was. Uh, a pretty convincing victory, Lou. It was convincing in the end, a comfortable one, you'd even say. Um, I mean, where do we like? Where do we start? Like, I think you almost have to go to like a century level of like us. I mean, even Pat Cummins said at the press conference that it, when he saw the amount of people waiting outside the ground today, even he got a little bit nervous. And this guy is like Captain Calm, right? Captain Composed. I don't think I've ever heard him say of, yeah, I was nervous. So let's hear what Pat Cummins had to say about the experience of coming into the ground this morning. I always like to say I'm pretty relaxed, but I was a little bit nervous this morning. Um, you know, just pacing around, uh, waiting for it to kind of get started. Just seeing the the sea of blue in the hotel, getting nearer the ground and just seeing the sea of blue walking, making its way to the ground, all the cars parked with their selfie cameras out. Um, you you kind of you knew you were walking into something pretty special. And then to, to walk out, you know, for the toss and just see 130,000 blue Indian shirts, um, it's you know, uh, an experience you'll never forget. Um, so, awesome day, and 
yeah, I mean, the good thing was they, they weren't too noisy for most of it. And, you know, he was admitting that in the aftergar of, of the win. But we felt the same thing, didn't we, Josh? Kind of riding out the back of the team bus. We were lucky enough to be in the convoy to, to kind of skip the traffic on the way to the ground. Uh, and it was crazy, like just blue jerseys everywhere. And, you know, people were friendly and happy to see the Australians. But that's because the Australians were the team that they were going to beat today. This was, it was supposed to be India's coronation. Uh, and it didn't, you know, they the Australians ruined their night. I, I mean, people were... The only, I have to bring this back to a footy thing because we're, you know, we're from Melbourne and that's what we do. I was at Collingwood's uh, preliminary final against GWS and my cousin plays for GWS. We were the only, my family, about a dozen of us, the only GWS fans in the entire stadium. I think that's what it would have felt like to be an Australian <laughs> in the Narendra Modi Stadium today. And there were a smattering of Aussie fans and they got plenty of airtime as well, didn't they? And they were the last ones here because with a few overs to go when it looked like the result was beyond doubt, there were droves of blue shirts leaving the stands, which I'm sure would have brought a lot of delight to the Aussies who said earlier in the week that they wanted to silence this crowd, and they did it on several occasions. It was it was crazy to hear a crowd this loud, silent, and we're not just rubbing this in Indian fans. I know you know you're, you're not going to be feeling um, the way that you thought you'd be feeling today. We're not rubbing it in, but it was more just like the I've never seen uh, a more one-sided crowd, a, a crowd that's all wearing one colour. Like oh. everyone seems to be wearing the exact same blue jerseys that they tried to sell us on the way in <laughs> the last couple of days. These kind of knockoff jerseys. Pretty much all of them had Virat or Rohit on the back. <laughs> I mean, in terms. In terms of putting this into context, like it's not the unlikeliest. So Australia have won six men's ODI titles. Incredible. There's a lot of competition for unlikely titles. I think that mm. probably still goes to the 1987 team, which uh, was Australia's first ever World Cup winners. Alan Border uh, led a, a team that ranked 16 to one outsiders mm. at the start of the tournament. Don't think you could have got as good of odds on Australia before this tournament. Um, and even 1999, the, you know, where they had to go undefeated through the tournament, when Australia lost their first two games to South Africa and India, they didn't have to go undefeated it certainly helped that they did um, but in terms of the most unlikely the most unexpected uh, result I think that final took the cake so yeah as I mentioned India flew out of the blocks even though Shubman Gill fell early to Mitchell Stark uh, Rowett and Virat well they got on their bike and they ended up hitting 80 runs in the power play and making the batting look very easy. But it was the catch to get Rohit Sharma out, I think Travis said, that really turned the game and made the Aussies believe. Uh, it was sort of a sky ball off Glenn Maxwell. Rohit's tried to hit it straight down the ground and it skewed off the side of the bat. Head was fielding it, would we say cover or yeah, that's right, somewhere yeah. like that. So he started in the circle. He's had to run backwards and dive back over his head. And a miraculous catch, and even Travis Head wasn't quite sure he was going to make it. This is what he had to say afterwards. I tried to do everything I can. It was an important wicket. Um, but, yeah, I, I didn't think I was going to get there at first. I think the ball sort of started to spin back to me a little bit. And then, yeah, one of those things held on to it. Um, thank God I did. So kind of one or two turning points in that Australian bowling innings for... I mean, the first one was obviously Travis Head taking that catch that he just talked about. The second one was Pat Cummins getting Virat Kohli. Oh, huge. I mean, and I asked him at the... Look, we've, we've thrown to the press conference a few times already, but his answer was great. Here's what Pat had to say about it. Just on today's game, uh, when you got Virat out, is that about as sweet a moment as you've had on a cricket field? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we did take a second in the huddle just to acknowledge the, the silence that was going around the crowd. Um, yeah, it just felt like it was one of those days where it was all made for him to score another 100 like he normally does, and, yeah, that was satisfying. And the look that Coley gave the pitch 
after he went out. Like, that was the telling bit for me. Like, and he, look, he does do that a lot. Like, you know, Virat's never out and, you know, we can take give the mickey out of him a bit, but that's what mm-hmm. makes him such an amazing batter. I think I was just having a look at the stats when I was writing the report before. Nine scores of more than 50 in this tournament. That's right. Only two less than 50. That's incredible. This guy is just on another level when it comes to ODI batting. So to get him for 54 off 63 was just such a big moment. It heaped all the pressure onto KL Rahul. Coley and uh, Rahul were the two guys Australia wanted to, to be batting together. So they're the only two guys with strike rates below 100 for India in this tournament. Uh, and That's had, phenomenal. It's amazing, isn't yeah. it? It's a testament to how good India's tournament has been. And they had to bat a long time together. Pat Cummins used seven different bowlers over the course of eight overs, I think it was, just to try and mix things up. Um, and, you know, eventually it kind of worked with, you know, Coling um, chopping on. The other remarkable stat there is between overs 11 and 40, what we call the middle overs, India only hit two boundaries which is just, I find, it's such an attacking team. As you said, everyone's striking over 100. Only two boundaries in 30 overs. Australia will be absolutely wrapped with that. And they just went into their shells a little bit, didn't mm. they? Like, And, I mean, credit to Pat Cummins going back to the toss. He gave Australia best use of the conditions. Mm-hmm. And it didn't matter that Pat won the toss. Like, it makes it a better story that he did <laughs> because that's how it played out. But Rohit said at the toss he was going to bat. Mm. So it really a triumph of kind of strategic thinking and how they've thought their way through this season. The conditions tailor made for India, you know, whether or not the pitch is created for their um, circumstances. And we know the, you know, the ins and outs of the pitch controversy. You know, we don't have to go into all the detail of, of that. But these are their home conditions. These are the ones they should be most comfortable in, and Australia beat them in it. Um, I think that's probably why it's so sweet for them. Um, but kind of sticking to that first inning, so, I mean, they've only just kind of um, got their way to 240, the first time they've been bowled out all tournament. And, you know, when Australia started their innings, they're thinking, right, this is, you know, on for this is on for us here. The dew's going to set in later. But their start of the innings didn't quite pan out the way they expected it to, did it? Well, yeah, as we mentioned off the top, it was an absolute fast bowling display on a clinic, let's call it, from Jasper Boomer and Mohammed Shami. Shami was thrown the new ball for the first time this tournament, which I I found surprisingly relegating Siraj uh, to the older ball. He was actually the fifth bowler used, so that really nullified his effectiveness. That's, he's obviously best off the top, and today he just wasn't effective because he didn't have the new ball. And uh, Lou, I'm sure you would have enjoyed Shami and Boomer's uh, opening spell there. They drew plenty of plays and misses, got the crowd up and about, and yeah, had Australia three for 47 with the wickets of Warner for seven, Marsh for 15, and then Steve Smith for four. Uh, at that point, it was looking pretty dicey. So the impressive part there is, yeah, 40 off the first four overs. They lost Warner, but I think their licence is to keep going even if they lose that early wicket because they've got the you know the third opener, if you like, in Mitch Marsh, yep. and they want to keep going, and that's what Head and Marsh tried to do. When Marsh got out and then Steve Smith only lasted nine balls, Travis Head basically suggested that maybe he shouldn't review one that he thought it, um, was going on to hit the stumps and that it hit him in line. Mm. Replays... <laughs> Replay showed that he probably should have reviewed it. Uh, but all of a sudden, it's like, um, you know, all this pressure on, on head. 
and Marnus Labuschagne kind of coming together and Head had to play a different way, didn't he? Well, yeah. Well, initially he had to sort of go into his shell, which is unusual for Head, but he did take his time. And I think at one point he was about 15 off 30. Very, very slow for Head, but it worked. And he was able to catch up at the back end of the innings. Labuschagne, for his entire innings, he was 58 not out off 110 balls. He never felt the pressure to up the tempo. And it showed because he, they both knew that Head was able to cash in, ended up reaching his 100 off 95 balls, finished with four sixes and 15 fours. And there were some spectacular hits, including a big one of Ravindra Jadeja, who has um, just absolutely terrorised Australia in the past. So to get him away for no wickets from his 10 overs, I mean, that would have been one of the boxes they had to tick today, and they did as well. Zero wickets in 20 overs of spin for India. I mean, the Australians were wary of the spinners, (laughs) they were wary of the pitch. And to get them away for 43 and 56, what does that make? Uh, 99. 99 from 20 overs. None for 99 for 20 overs for their spinners. Um, Super impressive. I mean, the fact that it was Head and Marnus who did the the match-winning partnership, I mean, it's just an amazing, two amazing stories of this World Cup. I loved when head got out trying to hit the winning runs with the six. Um, he was walking off the ground and Marnus, you know, obviously wanted to have that embrace with him. It would have been fitting if the, it was those two out there at the end. He just embraced him anyway. Like he kind of ran after head and just hugged him um, because he wanted that moment. Um, and so, yeah, so Travis Head, I mean, he's basically the most valuable player they've had in the tournament in the end. I mean, player of the match in the semi final with crucial wickets as well as, you know, a really important top order knock. And then, you know, what he did tonight was pretty special. This was a guy who wasn't in India to start this tournament. He was watching from his couch in Adelaide because he had a broken hand. And then, you got Marnus on the other hand who wasn't in a 18-man squad for this tournament when they first picked a, a kind of group to come here um, and just a series of kind of miracle freak things. I mean, we spoke to Marnus. He put it down to his his faith. You'll be able to read a story on cricket.com.au um, uh, on Monday morning about that. And, you know, that he just kind of thinks that, you know, a guy, someone down, was looking down mm. on him from above. And that's what's kind of got him uh, into this team at the at the back end of the tournament. Fifty eight not out in a World Cup final. He was the man there at the end. And as well as the Almighty, I mean, a lot of credit has to go to the selectors, of course, for those two um, decisions in particular. I mean, a big gamble to bring only 14 fit players to the World Cup to begin with, mm. and also Labuschagne. I mean, a lot of doubts over his. ODI credentials, people said he batted too slow or didn't have the ability to knock it up a tempo. They said he couldn't play in the same team as Steve Smith. But he's proved them all wrong and he's scored, you know, a very patient, very composed knock today. And that was exactly what the conditions required from him. Uh, I couldn't have put it better myself, mate. Yeah. And look, when you kind of all boils down to it, like, Australia's big game experience, I think, really showed. Like, Marnus, Marnus and Head might actually be the exceptions because they haven't played. Mm. Um, I, I reckon out of the entire 11, they're probably the two guys, maybe Josh Inglis would be the other one, who haven't played in a World Cup final when you uh, think about 2015 ODI, 2021 T20. Yep. Um, I think it's eight of the same team from the 2021 World Cup final. It yeah, might be those three who, who actually didn't play English, Head and Marnus. And it showed, I mean, India, just like in crucial moments, just kind of froze up. They looked like they hadn't been there before. I mean, you know, their best batter today, I know Kay Rahul outscored him, but Coley has been in, you know, one of those big games and he was their kind of best player. So you look at this generation of players as well. I mean, Test and ODI champions, 
as captain for Pat Cummins. I mean, well, we can touch on him in a minute in terms of just what a great day and what a you know pretty good year he's he's had. But then Warner, Smith, Hazelwood, uh, Cummins, of course, and Stark, all three format champions. They played in yeah, wow. one-day World Cups, some of them two, uh, T20 World Cup win in 2021 and the Test World Championship final earlier this year. Um, we should mention that Travis Head also made 100 in, in that, that game. So, uh, yeah, really remarkable achievements for this group. So Cummins is captain the ODI team, the Test team. Maybe is he going to go for the trifecta and try and captain the T20 team at next year's T20 World Cup? You would have to say that if he wants to do that now, it's surely that's his job. Yeah. Like the, I know they didn't get the win in the Test series in India earlier this year, but a one-two series result where you know he had to leave, you know, due to some unfortunate personal circumstances. You know, they didn't disgrace themselves in that series by any stretch. Uh, and the Ashes the same, you know, fell short of what they would have wanted, you know, really fell short of expectations, I suppose, um, when you think about that were 2-0 up in the series mm. um, and then, you know, nearly nearly lost it if it wasn't for Manchester Rain. That's probably out of the four marquee events they've had this year. That's probably the one they're going, oh, you know, we really let that one slip. Um, but, you know, he's just the, his leadership today, like the, the toss thing, like I know he's getting backgrounded uh, from, you know, coaches, analysts about what the best thing to do today might be but he's still the one who's got to go out there and make the call and he's the one who's got to live with it like we know what Ricky Ponting did it in Edgerson in 2005 and he still gets crap about it now mm. I know what Nasser did it Nasser Hussain did yeah. it the Gabba in 06-07 when he bowled first even Ganguly in the 2003 World Cup final chose to bowl and they got hammered everyone remembers that they don't ever remember the analyst or the coach who, who thought it'd be a good idea to bowl they remember the guy who made the call at the toss so Pat Cummins you know put his um, put his reputation on the line there and oh, he just bowled like a dream today mm. like I think Marnus Labuschagne said something about how that his sequencing of balls in the middle overs was the best he'd ever seen you had the really good stat that he didn't consider boundary the big wicket of Coley um, some of his batting in this tournament, if you take it back a little bit further, has been, um, you know, just really clutch. Uh, yeah, the guys, the guys had a really good run. It's been a spectacular day. Do we have a moment of the day to encapsulate this incredible achievement by the Aussie team? Oh, I mean, moment. Of, I mean, there's a moment we haven't mentioned, so I wouldn't say it's a moment of the day. I mean. A, Pitch Invader got out there oh, today. Yeah. He I got a, about that. Yeah. I mean, he got a really long way out of the field. That's probably not good enough from ground stuff, uh, let's be honest. I mean, there's a big – it's not quite as big as the Kolkata fence around this ground, but somehow this guy got on. He had a pro-Palestine T-shirt on. Um, he basically kind of embraced Coley, and Coley didn't entirely uh, push him away, which I kind of thought that was very you know, serene of him. And, <laughs> uh, eventually, I think it was the, a guy in an India team uniform um, maybe he was their security guy who mm. was the first guy to kind of get out there. And there was actually a, a liaison guy from the Aussie team as well who got out there pretty quick. So um, so that, that was a big moment. But, I mean, the, the wicket of Coley, I think that was the, probably the moment of the day if you had to pick one. I actually saw a funny tweet after that pitch invader um, saying that David Warner was patrolling the boundary with more 
regard than the security team here. And <laughs> we do need to give a word to the fielding effort today from Australia. I thought they were absolutely outstanding. We did give them stick earlier in the mm. tournament for really, really poor efforts by their standards, mm. lofty standards in the opening two games. And they have responded. They've picked it up. The semi-final effort in the, in the infield was outstanding. Here all over the ground was terrific again. And fielding goes a long way to winning matches, doesn't it? I mean, you save a lot of runs and you uh, create a lot of chances. Well, that man, David Warner, probably none more so like he at 37 is probably the best outfielder in this team. The Maybe way- in the tournament. Maybe in the tournament, yeah. I mean, the one thing that lets him down a bit is his, his shoulder's not quite what it used to be. But mm. he kind of has a way of getting the ball off so quickly that it doesn't matter. Like, I often see him throw and it's like, oh, it's not as powerful as what it once was. But um, he just gets the ball off so quickly that no one ever runs to him. He's a marvel. Like, the fitness levels of that guy, um, you know, just absolute credit to his professionalism. Labrachane, Smith, Head as well today. The list goes on. They were all fantastic. Uh, we were able actually to catch up with a few of the players uh, after the win when they were basking in the glory of that team shot with the confetti and uh, all that sort of stuff so let's just run through a few of the players and this is their initial reactions to winning the 2023 ODI World Cup yeah pretty special uh, playing here at home being at home on their conditions after 0-2 start 0-2 uh, and none for other 20 was a long time ago that was a long time ago I think out of everything, it feels like emotionally it's number one. Um, just with defying the odds of being in India, defying conditions, injuries as a squad, what we've achieved, honestly, it, it has to be number one. The emotions, being out there when we finish the game, to, 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 to seal the game. Um, Trav played an unbelievable innings and it was so special so yeah it's number one uh, for sure so that's us done for this tournament Louis it's been a whirlwind trip uh, heaps of different cities um, but what a way to finish. Yeah, and well done to you, Josh, for hosting it the whole way through. You've uh, you've had a long stint. You were here for the three ODIs mm. before this tournament started. You were there for the two practice games they played and, you know, let's be honest, took the took the mickey out of it a little <laughs> bit. Um, they didn't really want to play them and, you know, you're still standing here in corporate box number two on the north <laughs> side of Narendra Modi Stadium with water bottles all over the ground and sticky floors sticky floors and someone's going to have to come in and clean up the mess of 92,000 people tomorrow I'm glad it's not us Josh because once I've finished a couple more hours of work I'm ready to go to a sleep thanks everyone for joining us on this beautiful edition of the Unplayable Podcast Australia World Cup Champions we hope you can join us again on the next episode Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com.
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.